Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We're going to be running this series now. We've, we've got um, a number of messages um, on peace. And peace is one of those words that we don't really spend a lot of time talking about. In fact, I don't ever remember preaching a message specifically or a, specifically a series on peace. I don't remember in 20 years of ministry ever doing that before. And yet here's the amazing thing. And I looked in the Bible, I just decided to do a word search uh, and on, on how many words, how many times words appear in the Bible. The word love. Love, God is love. Love's got to be, it's got to be in there a lot, right? 286 times in the King James Version. I'm using King James just because it was easiest, right? So the word love in the King James Bible, 286 times. Well, you think the word, what about forgiveness? Forgiveness would be quite a lot, wouldn't it? Forgiveness, that well, forgive. I went with forgiveness and forgive. Just sort of give it a broader base for the meaning of that. 70 times in the Bible. Only 70. We know that God is a God of forgiveness. What about sin? That's, kind of, that's, a, that's a big word. It's a big issue. That was um, about 289 wor- words in, in the Bible. The word sin. So what about peace? But we don't really talk about that much. 400 times. Wow. 400 times. I think God wants us to understand something about peace and we just pass it by. Because <laughs> yeah. the problem with peace is that we don't really understand its fullest context. How do I... Peace is a thing. It's kind of... It's like... It's, it's peace. It's like air. <laughs> How do you capture it? It's, and so it says in the book of um, Philippians, and we're going to be using this verse throughout the whole series, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. And I think the, the word peace is a little bit like the word freedom, which I spoke. I spoke on the word freedom a few weeks ago, and it's, um, it's something that we, we struggle to understand because we live in a country of peace. Um, we... We don't really think it like freedom. We have freedom, and we, we think about freedom, um, but we say God has made me free. But because we've never felt captive, we don't really understand what freedom means. Uh, and I, I spoke about that about three or four weeks ago. And peace is one of those things as well. Most of us have been raised in a country where there's been no war on our borders. Most of us. There is, a, there is a few people here that would remember what it was like to live in a time when Europe would fight with itself. These days, we're so far away from that concept of war on our borders that we don't really understand 
the nature of what God's peace is for us because we often evaluate the issue of peace with the, with the issue of conflict. But, but peace is not about conflict. It's about the climate that God creates around your life. And so we just think it's the absence of, we think it's the absence of, um, of conflict. That peace, is, peace is not having a war. It's not being in disagreement. But, but that's not really what it's like. That's, you know, if, if you're married to, um, if you're married to someone here today, you understand that love isn't not arguing. There's a huge difference between being in a house where you're not arguing and being in love, isn't there? There's, a, there's that loving romantic. Not arguing is not romantic. It's not like, well, I, I, we didn't argue today, so why won't you kiss me? <laughs> well, not arguing doesn't equate a romantic moment. So therefore, not fighting doesn't equate peace. Not fighting is a good point. It's a start point. It's kind of, in terms of a bank account, it's zero. But God wants us to understand peace. And peace is something which fills our whole life. That there is a promise of God's peace. In verse 7 it says, And the peace of God, this is the promise, And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts, minds, through Christ Jesus. We see that God promises us peace in our lives. So let's ask the question, well, what then is peace? If peace is promised, what does it mean? It says in Genesis chapter 15, Genesis 15 and verse 15. And this is the first time that peace is mentioned in the Bible. And God is speaking to Abraham. Uh, This is before he became Abraham. And Abraham is in this environment that he's just kind of, he's looking for the future direction of his life. And it's, and God says to him, now as for you, you should go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at an old age. This was given to Abraham as part of a covenant promise. It was given to him as part of a covenant promise. You shall go to your fathers in peace. Now, for Abraham, this is a critical point of his life because peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the climate of God's favour over your life. Peace is a climate. Now, if you think of Abraham, Abraham was nomadic. Abraham followed the better weather. That's what he did. He was nomadic. So he followed the better weather. Every so often, once, once a year, we follow the better weather. <laughs> we, live, we have such technology that we don't have to live in the warmer climes all the time. But about once a year, we get that unsettling moment where we go, yeah, I've just got to go into the Mediterranean. I've got to dip my toes in the Mediterranean. <laughs> I've just got to get that warm sunshine. And we, and we get this kind of feeling, I've just got to get that warmer weather. I've got to get that sense of, sunshine and warmth and and we pack everything up and we spend much too much money going (laughs) to a place for for a couple of weeks just to get a bit of suntan to go from pale white to slightly pink 
And, uh, and we feel that that's a good thing. And, and we, we do that because what we're looking for is a better climate. And a better climate changes everything about a perspective. You come back from holiday. How do you feel? Oh, great. Well, what was there? Our restaurants. Oh, we've got restaurants here. <laughs> great food. Well, <laughs> I get that. Uh, what, <laughs> there are so many different uh, aspects, but the, the thing about the Mediterranean, it's just got a, it's got a, it's got a more pleasant climate. And what happens is that we look at climate and we think to ourselves, well, if I can get a better climate, Abraham was looking for a better climate. He wasn't, he wasn't so much worried about war. I mean, war and conflict, they were issues for his life, but his prosperity didn't really so much depend on war. It depended on climate, far more than it depended on conflict. Conflict was something that came and go, but climate determined everything about his life. God says to him, Abraham, you will go to your fathers in peace. In other words, a climate, a microclimate of blessing and favor will go with you all the days of your life. And we have to understand climate is everything. It's, it's the very context for which we have to understand how God is speaking to our life. You see, peace is not a thing. It's not an object. It's a climate in which things, the things we pray can excel. Let me show you, read you John chapter 16, verse 33. I want you to see this. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, Christ sets the scene for the climate of your life. He says, in me, you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. He sets two environments. Now, tribulation is not a climate. It is an action. It's an environment of things that are happening to you. It's on the ground. Climate is what exists over top of us. Environment is what's happening around us. All right? And so the climate that we live under is peace, but the environment that we will live in, the world that we live in, is tribulation, it's conflict, it's difficulty, it's trials, it's circumstances which will test us. And God says, look, I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Look, James, things can get tough, but just smile, because I've given you peace. Do you know what? We so don't understand peace that we don't know how to have peace in our heart by those very words. Because we don't understand what it means. Oh, I've given you peace. It would be a little bit like me saying... um, I think I might actually, could you pass my wallet and blow the cobwebs? And uh, in, my, in my wallet, oh, I think it's in, no, no, in the other pocket. Oh, yeah. yeah, there it is. I knew it was in there. So in my wallet is a lot of receipts. 
Behind my driving licence is my emergency cash. And my emergency cash is for whichever country I'm in at the time. Um, don't use it very often, but sometimes I get caught out. And uh, there's a few euros. What have I got? 25, 30 euros and 50 kroner. Sounds a lot, 50 kroner. But, um, Brian, 50 kroner is um, five pounds. So <laughs> it's not much. Now, Danish money, 50 kroner. Danish money is really funny. They have coins with holes in, and uh, it just looks a bit bizarre. It was like they were doing it on the cheap. And uh, um, so it's a little bit like saying, Brian, I'm going to give 50 kroner. And uh, here we go, it's 50 kroner. Ruth, you can have 30 euros. Um, I'm walking back, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't want them back. And uh, so, <laughs> um, so <laughs> here we go. Now, they go, oh, I've got 50 kroner. Got... No... What do you do with that in this environment? What do you do with it? It's like, you go to the bank, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you translate, then you think, well, I go to the bank, I've got to pay the charges, how much will I get? Probably about £2.50. <laughs> but if I go to Denmark, it's worth £5. Here, £2.50. And so you kind of, there's this sense of, I don't know, it's like having foreign, given being given foreign currency, it doesn't really have the same sense of value. This is the thing I've noticed. I've been given... Um, over the years, I remember once I was preaching in Denmark and they gave me, one church gave me cash, about a thousand pounds worth of cash as an offering, right? It's amazing, isn't it? But it was in Danish money. I don't have any value on Danish money. So I'm just walking around with, oh, wow, I think that's quite a lot. I walked into this Bible, um, I was teaching, the next teaching service I was doing a week at a Bible school. I was teaching the students. And I'm talking away to them, oh, yeah, really, really believe in God. Oh, he's 500 kroner. I just gave it all away. Afterwards, I went, what did I do? It's good. And I gave it away so easily. Do you know why I gave it away so easy? Because I'm generous? No, it's not at all that I'm generous. It's because I didn't give any value to it. Because it was foreign money. It was like monopoly money. It was like, it was just money. I, I didn't value it. And so I just gave it all away. And it was afterwards I thought, oh, I don't know whether that was Jesus. I know. <laughs> just gave away a thousand pounds. Everyone was going, he's the best teacher we've ever had in this Bible school. Here, let me pay off all your fees. I'm walking away. Oh, my word, what did I do? But the cash didn't mean anything to me because it's not my money. It's not part of my world. And what happens is that peace is of a language not of this world. It is of a language of the kingdom of God. And so if you were to take out your left hand and say, in your left hand you have tribulation. But in your right hand you have peace. In your left hand, you have tribulation. But in your right hand, God promised you peace. And what happens is that the climate rules over the character of that which it governs. Now, let me explain that to you. If I take... Peace and take it 
over climate. Uh, sorry, I take peace and take it over conflict. It governs the character of the conflict. It changes the character of it. Now, let me explain to you. This is going to flip the Mediterranean Scotland perspective. I'm going to flip it a bit, so stay with me. We were in Cyprus this summer, uh, and in our accommodation, by our accommodation, there were all these orange trees. Now, no one said you could eat the oranges off the orange trees, but we figured we could. So every morning, we would go out and we would help ourselves to 40 or 50 oranges, (laughs) squash them into litres of orange juice. It was amazing. These beautiful orange trees. And, and And everywhere you went, there were orange trees, right? And they grew because the climate enables that to happen. Now, I know that here, orange trees... Now, Tommaso... I'm, I'm going to pick on Tommaso now because he, he comes from the Mediterranean and I'm very jealous, you see, because it's like... See, I fell in love with Italy, but God put me in Scotland. And uh, <laughs> it's a terrible thing, but here we have an Italian man who's, who reminds me <laughs> on a weekly basis. That, so I'm going to pick on that. Ta- Tommaso, I think it's a, is it a lemon tree you have. He has a lemon tree growing in his garden, right, in Scotland. He has a lemon tree. Now, this is what I've noticed. In Scotland, you can, if you work really hard, grow a lemon tree or an orange tree. You really can. And if you work really hard, you might get one or two fruit. You might get three or four. Tiny ones, sorry. Tiny fruit. Here's the amazing thing. The climate in Scotland determines that even if you can grow that thing, it changes the character of the tree. Take that tree, put it back where it came from, it would be an enormous tree with masses of fruit. But the climate changes the character. You see, peace changes the character of conflict over your life. It reduces. There will be conflict. Bible says there will be tribulation, but I've given you peace. I've taken it and I've changed the climate over which peace is working in your life. And we have to understand that there is such a move of God's Spirit over our lives, ministering peace. It says here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now here's the understanding of how we make that work. How do we change the climate of our lives? When we set our minds on the conflict The climate is set on conflict. We change the climate according to where our heart and our mind sits. If we are concerned by the events that happen around us, if we are concerned by the events, then our heart is drawn to those things and the Bible says our heart dies. It is 
Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. In other words, we are, we are broken by the events of this world. Just by our mind. Just by our thinking. But, when we live according to the Spirit... When we live and set our heart on the things of Jesus Christ, he says, I will give you peace. So here's the thing. If I set my mind on Christ, peace becomes the climate by which the events that I'm struggling with are living. And suddenly, my mind set on these things is life and peace. I might have tribulation, but... I'm living in the right climate. Might be going through difficult times. I mean, I've been in in Italy many times and and you get some amazing storms. You get great storms, don't you? uh, Certainly up in the... um, uh, Up near Florence and around there, it just... It rains a lot and get these big storms. But but then it stops and the rain comes. Why? Well, because the climate... The climate determines that even in the, the most difficult environment, storms, etc., the climate is always more favourable. It's more favourable. Now, in this country, the climate determines the quality. We, we don't grow orange trees, we grow apple trees. Why? Because the climate. The climate determines what grows in your garden. It determines what grows in your garden. I can plant an apple tree. I don't really have to spend too much time thinking about it. I just have to make sure it doesn't get any bugs or diseases. I can plant that apple tree. The climate will take care of the rest. But here's the thing. The promises of Christ determine the climate over your life. The promise of peace determines the climate over your life. And it constrains conflict and it releases blessing God's favour is released over your life you know the promise of peace is conditional and it's conditional upon how we think thank you Brian, I want that back (laughs) (laughs) the promise of peace is conditional because it's based upon where we set our heart, where we set our mind. And the Holy Spirit wants you to understand that there is a promise of peace for your life. It's time, sometimes, I think you just got to sit there and put out your hands and go, in my left hand is conflict. If you're going through times, my left hand's conflict. But in my right hand, oh, I've got peace. climate that conflict will be a tiny shrub what was promising to be a a wild weed that would grow out of control is withered and died It, 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 it just can't grow in this climate the peace of God is is such favour over your life. It constrains sin. Constrains sin. 
You know, one of the young adults, I was having coffee with him and he, he just said to me, you know, when you turn your heart toward Christ, it's really, really difficult to be angry with someone. And it's just a great statement. Turn your heart toward Christ. It's really difficult to be angry with someone. What is that? That's peace. It's taken the comp- changes, changes the climate, changes the conditions of which everything grows. Offense, hurt, the nature of our weakness. All of those things can grow wild because we set our mind on them and not Christ. Set your mind on Christ. Peace will determine everything else. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.